Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. It takes more than just having a knowledge. It takes an instruction on how do we use what we have been given. There's one thing that I have no authority over, and that is what you will do with what you have been given. That authority lies directly in your lap, friend. And if you choose to do nothing with it, then God can do nothing with you. But if you'll choose to take what you know, if you'll choose to take the Word, if you'll choose to ingest it and digest it and apply it to your life, God can bless you mightily. blessed we are a blessed church here today amen i don't want to keep you too much longer here i'm going to ask you if you would to stand turn in your bibles to deuteronomy chapter 28 while you're doing that if you got a free hand uh, let's give all of our visitors a hand clap of welcome today it's good to have them in the house of the lord with us here today I see uh, it's not our largest crowd we've ever had uh, this place still looks fairly full but we're used to being packed out in this place uh, some have had to leave today due to sickness or other responsibilities brother Jones just had to take off he's preaching elsewhere this afternoon at a one o'clock service and uh, part of that just thrills me um, to know that this church is reaching out and ministering beyond these four walls amen uh, the church is more than just what takes place when we're having service together. It's what we do, as Brother Jones so aptly spoke this morning, uh, in our daily routines. Uh, I still need to be the Christian. I don't have to dress in the same clothing. I, I, you know, I do throw on a pair of blue jeans and the occasional overalls <laughs> nothing wrong with the overalls but it doesn't change who I am on the inside amen I'm so glad today that the Lord has done a great work in this community and great work through this church Deuteronomy 28 verses uh, it's a little bit lengthy of a reading but I, I feel necessary to read the entire thing to you and then I'll I'll, I'll wrap it up and get moving here Moses is writing here to the children of Israel, and he says this, and I love this. It's a very encouraging scripture. And it shall come to pass. He's telling, telling them right there, he said, it will happen. That's what he's saying. It will happen. If thou shalt hearken. Everybody understand what the word hearken means? It means listen. If you'll listen diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe I want to stop right there and say this to observe something is to look at something right listening and looking and thirdly and to do do all of his commandments which I command thee this day that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God and blessed shalt thou be in the city and blessed shalt thou be in the field blessed shalt 
be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. In other words, they'll be disbanded by the time that, that you're finished with them or that God's finished with them. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself. And he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. Hmm. He's sworn it unto us. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee. I just simply want to preach a message. Um, it is not a complicated. Matter of fact, it's a very simple message that I've titled Three Steps to Success. Three Steps to Success. Why don't we pray very quickly? I, I, I want the Lord to touch my mind right now that I'm able to deliver what He has given me to you and that you're able to receive it in the way that it would be most beneficial to your life this day. Lord God, right now, we thank you for the presence of your spirit that's in this place. We ask that you would touch us, open our hearts and our ears, our minds to receive of you your precious word today. God, help my mind, God, to be clear. Help my mind to be established upon your word, God, and to believe and have faith that what you've said, you will do. And would you say in Jesus' name, you may be seated. I read some interesting things here just recently. Um, the average person based upon impulsive and logical thinking makes approximately 35,000 decisions a day. That's kind of mind-boggling to me. But if you really stop and think about what your mind is doing, even when it's not, you're really not totally comp contemplating what it is that you're doing, uh, even to reach out for this uh, bottle of uh, anointing oil, I made a decision to do that. It was a decision that my brain made, and it, it transferred uh, the, the capabilities to the limbs of my body to make that happen. Now, that's for an adult. A child, on the other hand, makes approximately 3,000 decisions per day. And, and, and as I read this to you today, I want to kind of establish a little bit of the foreground because I'm going to take something uh, and, and try to simplify it down to the three steps. But in essence, if you go back a little bit, Moses has written many, many of the, of the books of Deuteronomy, and there are all kinds of laws. There are all kinds of do's and don'ts. There are all kinds of things that are established in order to help the children of Israel be clean, be healthy, be righteous, uh, be able to get along 
along. There's all types of things that, that he has established. And, and so uh, with that being said, I, I want to say to you this morning that sometimes we get a little overwhelmed with everything that we think that God desires for us to do. Especially earlier on in our walk with God, when we first come to him, most of the times our lives are in shambles. A lot of times we come to God when things aren't going well, when things aren't going right, when problems have occurred in our life or our different things have taken place that have caused us to realize that life is very quickly spinning out of control. But when we look around and we see people that have been living for God maybe for quite some time, we look at people sometimes that seem like they have their act together. They look like uh, uh, people that uh, are able to uh, cope with anything. And the reality of that is, is they were just like you one day, not too long ago. We all need a savior. We all need to go by what God's word tells us to do. I, I will never veer off of what the Lord mandates us to do to be saved. And I will never veer off what the Lord's word tells us to do in order to be blessed. Because I believe that people that love God, God wants to bless their lives. Amen. And so it's not that we're not able to handle what God desires, even though all the laws and the stipulations were laid out there by Moses. But sometimes in certain areas of our lives, it's just overwhelming. And it helps if somebody will just simply break it down a little bit for us. Brother Jones mentioned faith, hope, and love. Love being the greatest of the three. There's a process there. There are some directives there. Faith and hope are wonderful, but love, God says, conquers all. Love is the greatest of all those things. And so I looked at this scripture that the Lord gave me this past week, and I began to look at the three things that, that I wanted to bring to you this morning. The first one is listening. The second one is looking. And the third is doing. Listening is important. Looking and observing is important. But until we do something with what we've heard and with what we've seen, what we've observed, we will never receive the blessings that God wants to give his people. I think everybody desires to have a certain amount of success in their life. Book writers have made fortunes by writing books on how to be successful. We have some authors that are amongst us today. I don't believe they've, their books are more uh, of the how-to books, but, but, but they're authors uh, nonetheless. And I bet you that they have read how-to books, you know, how to, how to be successful. You know, I, I've got a personal library at home that is fairly extensive, and I got to looking in it the other day, you know, on things that motivate me. You know, I've got one book that's uh, uh, titled Be All You Can Be. Well, who doesn't want to do that? You know, I mean, I really want to strive to be the best Doug Rice that I can be the best Christian that I can be, the best husband that I can be. And there's books for all those things, you know, how to eat right and live longer is another one that I have. Uh, I, and I, I've read part of it and it's inspired me, but to be, be quite honest, this past couple of weeks, I've been on some medication that's made me want to eat everything in sight. <laughs> everything sounds good and I can't get filled up. 
And so I stepped on the scale the other day at the doctor's office and realized that in two weeks of sitting around doing nothing because my back uh, won't allow me to and eating everything in sight that I put on almost 10 pounds. I'm going to have to pull that book out. Eat right, live longer. I've got one entitled Debt Proof Living. I've not made that one completely through yet either. The Purpose Driven Life. Several of you probably have that one. That was a very highly acclaimed book several years ago that that, uh, is still very popular today. I'm reading one right now called Realign. It's about connecting with your God-called purpose because sometimes, yes, even pastors need to reconnect with, with their focus, refocus on what they ought to be doing. Pastors can get out of line as well sometimes. Sometimes we just need something with a little encouragement. I even got a free book in the mail the other day called Relevant Salvation. Everybody wants to help me be better. I must be a pitiful human being. They're sending me free books now. This guy needs help majorly. It's all good stuff. And sometimes it's good to get a perspective from different sources, but I believe that there is also a danger of overcomplicating something that is simple to the point of muddying the waters to confusion. Who do we believe anymore? We are in the information age where you can just type something in and and have all kinds of uh, products and resources at your very fingertips. Amen. And Moses, he was had his hands full with a few million Hebrews and he's done his best to establish law and order. All of a sudden he's had all of these people that have come out of bondage and he's walking them through and he's trying to help them become what God wants them to be. But he needs to give them some rules and some regulations. Now he knows because of his relationship with God that God has the power to bless and to keep his people. And we have 20 some chapters, if you look into it, of do's and don'ts. But in chapter 28, Moses kind of simplifies things a bit. And that's where That's where I draw our attention to today because I like the simple stuff. Kind of like when you're signing for a home purchase. Has anybody else ever gone into the title company and and they bring out this stack of papers about yay high and they slap them down and say, I hope you're, you know, here's three ink pens to get you through all the signing that you're going to have to do. And, And you start signing stuff and they're like, you're welcome to read it. Has anybody really ever read all that stuff? And if you did, did you understand it? I doubt it. <laughs> no, we just look at that stuff and, and, and that, that uh, title clerk, she'll pull things out and she'll grab a stack of 45 papers and she'll break it down to this. Now, this one here is, is basically where you're signing that uh, your house was inspected and approved. You know, it's got 45 pages of junk, but she says, here's what you're signing right here. It's, it, she simplifies it for you so you don't have to spend six weeks reading the stuff and figuring it out and going and getting a lawyer to try to help you understand what it is. She just simply takes the complicated, all the rules, all the regulations, and she breaks it down very simply, and you sign your name on the dotted line, and in 30 minutes, 40 minutes, you're out and with a, a brand new set of keys for your home. Well, what we find in Deuteronomy chapter 28 is there are three directives. 
After Moses lays 20 chapters of do's and don'ts of laws and regulations down and and all these things and you can't do this and you can't do that and you have to do this and you need to do that all of those things are laid out he finally uh, tries to get us to understand that there are simply broken down into three requirements that qualifies his people God's people to receive the blessings and the protection that God desires them to have and I want the, the blessings and the protection from the Lord don't you I don't want everything that I do to be swallowed up. I don't want everything that I work for to be lost. I want God to be able to continue to bless me, and I think you do the same. And it simply is broken down into three categories. Listen, watch, and then do it. There's a progression to successful living that worked in Deuteronomy chapter 28, and it has not changed for us today. We get ourselves in trouble when we just try to overcome a couple of the hurdles and go right into the doing part of it. And I've seen people do that before. They just want to dive right in before they really know what they're getting themselves into. They just want to do things without first listening and observing what they're supposed to do. Got any DIYers in the house today? There we go. I've seen your uh, your driveway, Brother Graham. It's beautiful. You lay all these paving stones out. Man, it is fantastic. Uh, we've got some, uh, you've got a pergola at home. That, you didn't hire that done, did you? No. A DIYer, do-it-yourselfer. Well, just this past this past summer, uh, I decided that we needed in our backyard uh, a, a deck or, or a patio, some place that we could go set outside in the back. We had no place that we could that we could go just enjoy and lounge outdoors in our backyard. Uh, and, and so uh, I began to look into having somebody come out and pour concrete. Maybe a nice concrete patio for us, and and I, I got a couple of bids on that, and quickly threw those right in the trash. Five thousand dollars that I didn't have, I just you know I I can't I can't make that work, and so I began to check into somebody that would maybe come out and build me a nice wooden deck, and and it was roughly about the same amount of money, and so that went in the same filing cabinet that the concrete guys bids went into file thirteen, and away it went, and and I sat there thinking, what am I going to do? I can't really afford $5,000. I don't want to go out and take a small loan out. I don't want to deal with that. I don't want to spend that kind of money. And so I began to go on a little place called YouTube. Anybody heard of this? It's kind of new, YouTube. You can find just about anything on YouTube. Yesterday we were driving, took a little drive, and our car made started making a really funny noise. It, it, it like uh, sounded like a vibration, and, and but it, it was coming out of the gas cap. <laughs> Anybody else have, had that happen? Within five minutes, I figured out what it was. Where YouTube? Yeah. If you've had, there's nothing new under the sun. If you if you're having a problem, somebody else has already had the problem before you, and probably in these days has put it out on YouTube. You can figure out what most things are, and, and that's what I did. I went. I, I decided. You know what? Let me check into doing this myself. Now, have I ever built a deck? No, I'd never built a deck. I I'd never put, especially the one like I was wanting to do, a couple different levels uh, that, I, and it was fairly large and expansive. Uh, probably 300 square foot or so, and, and so I decided 
I'm going to check into this. And I went to YouTube and I began to look up different videos. And I sat there and watched maybe two, two and a half, three hours over the course of a few days worth of my time that I spent looking at videos. And I began to look and I began to observe and I began to listen to these people as they began to tell me how best to, to build the deck that I was going to try to build. So I put together a plan. I, I drew it out all out online. I began to figure out square footage and how much materials that I would need. And, and, and it was a daunting project to me. I, I, I didn't want to mess things up. And, and so I began to, to uh, go order the materials and put everything together. And the next thing I know, everything is laying in my driveway. I got all the wood that I'm going to need. I got all the right kind of screws. I've got the, 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 the screwdrivers and the drills and everything that I was going to need, the bolts and, and everything was laid out there. I, I, I listened and I looked and now it was time to do. And what somebody else was going to charge me $5,000 to do for me, in about a week's time, I built for $1,300. Oh, somebody say amen. Yeah, I deserve that. I roll up my sleeve for this. I'm feeling manly. Your pastor can swing a hammer. I promise you that. There's a process. That process worked back then. That process works today. You know, the, the saddest thing that, that as a pastor that I ever deal with is having people that listen to me that listen to the word of God, that listen to the messages from our other ministers in this place, that, that you, may, you may listen to all kinds of preaching, and you may look around at the people around you, and you may observe the blessings of God in their life, and you may see them, but you never will do anything for yourself. There comes a time when you've got to get up out of a pew and make your way down to an altar if you want a blessing from God. You've got to do more than just listen. You've got to do more than just observe. There comes a point in time where it's all going to go to waste and you'll never receive the blessing until you get yourself into gear, into motion. You've got to do something what what you've listened to. You've got to do something with what you've observed. Until you do something, the blessing will all, always escape you. The blessing will always escape you. I could have watched, still be watching YouTube videos. But until I took the hammer, until I took the saw, until I began to build. You know, sometimes you got to build your blessing. There's some effort in receiving your blessing. <laughs> We've got a generation where their thumbs are the strongest muscle in their body. If we're not careful, I appreciate, uh, you know what I love about our, our, our church picnic? is all of the children outside playing around nature. 
I'm watching. You go drive past the parks these days. Can you remember growing up in, in my day, in my day when I was maybe you know forty some years ago when I was eight, nine, or ten years old? The parks were full. The the children were out there playing. But now you drive past a park and you hardly see anybody in a park. The the swing sets sit empty half the times. The merry-go-round. Oh, have mercy, we can't have merry-go-rounds anymore. Somebody got hurt on them. Those are flying death traps. They really are. But man. Did we have fun or what? We didn't determine who was the toughest kid in our neighborhood by who, who, who could whip who. We determined who was the toughest kid in the neighborhood by who could stay on the merry-go-round the longest without flying off into the gravel. And brother, if somebody said... Slow it down, I'm getting sick. You didn't touch it, you just backed away far enough for nothing to get on you. <laughs> May have to edit that from the podcast. <laughs> People don't have a problem listening. People don't have a problem looking. But doing, we have a issues with that. Because in doing, it means that I have to get up and move. That I have to get involved. Now I've got to do more than just sit back on a computer screen and watch somebody else how it's done. Now I have to actually put what I know into motion. Over the years I've learned that just handing out money to a person is not always the best thing for them. You can throw money at a problem, but until you change a person's mindset. Jesus said, do you love me? Yes, Lord, you know I love you. And feed my sheep. But then you find him asking the same question again. Do you love me? And three times he says, and feed my sheep. Lord, you know I love you. But Jesus was reaching into the heart of the matter. He was saying, I'm not always going to physically be here to do the job for me. You're not always going to be able to follow me physically around and be a part of my little entourage. There's going to come a point in time where it's going, the responsibility is going to lie with you. If it's going to get done, you're going to have to do more than just look and listen. You're going to have to do something with what you know. Yes. The prodigal son. He was given enough inheritance to set him up for life. But it almost killed him because of how he misused it. The same hammer that is used to build in the wrong hands can be a tool of destruction. It takes more than just having a knowledge. It takes an instruction on how do we use what we have been given. The same wealth that built the father's home almost killed the son. You can't tell me that the prodigal hadn't heard his father instruct him while he was growing up in his father's house. But just to hear what his father had to say, just to hear the good advice around the supper table from a successful man, amen, wasn't wasn't enough. Just to look and see what his father had accomplished. And we know his father was a man of means because he had servants and he had lands and he had all of these things that the prodigal son finally came to the realization that he would be better off to go back to rather than to stay where he was. 
But just to observe, just to observe a good example was not good enough. It did the son no good without the third element doing. The Bible tells us that we're to be doers of the word. (laughs) Doers of the word and not hearers only. What we come to know and what we come to understand, and you get fed well here. Spiritually, the word of God is rich here. Wednesday nights, I mean, are so critically important to establishing our spiritual health. And Sunday morning, there's almost always an adult Bible lesson and youth lessons and children's lessons that are being poured. The word of God is being poured into our hearts. But there's one thing that as a pastor, I cannot do. I can study for hours and hours. I can pray for hours and hours. I can be anointed by God. I can stand up and preach the the word of God in all the truth and, and love the word of God. But there's one thing that I have no authority over, and that is what you will do with what you have been given. That authority lies directly in your lap, friend. And if you choose to do nothing with it, then God can do nothing with you. But if you'll choose to take what you know, if you'll choose to take the word, if you'll choose to ingest it and digest it and apply it to your life, God can bless you mightily. Easton's name gets brought up quite a bit around here because he's hilarious. Too smart for his own good sometimes. Mom and dad went to the uh, parent-teachers conference the other day, and the first thing out of the teacher's mouth was, you've got a lot to be proud of with this one. He's one of two in his class, accelerated reading. He's reading 90-some words a minute, cold reading, cold reading. Have I got that right? Cold reading is, is stuff he's never read before. Warm reading is a book maybe that they've read together as a class, and he kind of knows it, so he can kind of follow along and figure it out. But he's reading stuff he's never read before. Cold reading, 90-some words a minute. She said, you better believe he's going to be in an accelerating reading class. And so we have a lot of fun. I mean, it's always, it's always a lot of fun. But sometimes that stinker, he, he, he's so smart sometimes that, that, that it just blows my mind. And, and so I was bringing him home from school not too long ago, and he wanted me to take him to the store for a toy. We've kind of got this little routine going on. It's not always to the to, to Dollar General or the Dollar Store. You know, uh, a lot of times just to Circle K. We like Circle K, don't we, Easton? We'll go down to Circle K, and he'll get a bag of chips and, you know, all the stuff that his mom and daddy won't let him eat. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm his grandpa. I can get by with that kind of stuff, you know. You want a hot chocolate? Sure. What size you want? You know, he'll never drink the large. You want the large? That's fine. Yeah, get that you know, and I'll spend a few bucks on him. And, and so, but on this particular day, I had a lot going on. I had a lot on my mind and, and I, I really didn't have time or uh, the initiative to go and, and take him. And, and, and a little part of, of me said, you know what? You can't do this just every single time, although we almost always do. And so... I was making a lot of excuses of why I, I couldn't go. Well, you know, Bob, today is it's just not a really good day. I've got to hurry up and get on home. And, and, uh, and he's given me all of, 
the reasons why my in, uh, my excuses were in, invalid, you know. Uh, well, Papa, it won't take that long, you know. I mean, uh, we'll get right in, right out, you know. He was telling me all the reasons why we should go, and, and uh, he said, there's this one toy I really want. I said, I don't even know what toy you're talking about. And he's telling me, well, I'll show you which toy it is. You know, He's like, you don't have to figure it out. I got this covered, you know. You just break your wallet open, throw out the money, and, and I'll figure the rest of it out, you know. He, he, he's realizing that, no, you're not going to pull that one over on me. I don't care if you are 51 years old. You know, I, I can see right through that. And so we got to the, uh, the stop sign. And to turn right, he's still going on, 90 to nothing, 90 to nothing, you know. Because uh, uh, we got to the stop sign where if you turn right, you'd go to the store. And if you turn left, we were going home. And I, that was the point of decision for me. It was a pivotal moment uh, in, in that car ride home. And I said, nope. And I turned left. He's going on and on, you know, pleading with me about, you know, I, I, I really want that toy and it, it looks like so much fun. And I made that left-hand turn to go left towards home. And he said, or not. <laughs> I'm like, which one of his parents taught him to say that? Where'd you pick that up at? I know it wasn't me. But I tell you, tell you that to tell you this. I wonder how many times God is pleading with us. God takes us to a place and a position. God gets us into a spot in, in, in life, and we get to a place where now we have to make a decision which direction are we going to go. And God is pleading with us, come on, I've got blessings over here. Come on, I've got good things over here for you. Come on, I've I got some things that are going to make your life better over here for you. And we make that left-hand turn, and God looks at us and says, or not. How many times has God looked at me, and he's, he's had an or not moment with me, because he's brought me all the way to the point as far as God can get me, and then he lays the decision in my hand. I've done everything for you. I've taken care of it. I know where it's at. I know what shelf it's on. I know my, how much good it's going to do for you, and more than that, I'm going to take care of paying for it for you when it's all said and done, and we make a left turn to go do our own thing and head in a direction that it is our, our own desire and God looks at us and says I guess it ain't going to happen today I read this morning a recipe for success in utterly every aspect of our life we spend sometimes so much time in defense mode as God's people and not enough time in claiming our rights as children of God. Yes. But God said, if, if, that's the biggest little word in the Bible. If we will listen, observe, and do what he has told us to do, that there are blessings that are waiting waiting to be given to his people. Ever wonder why your blessing doesn't seem to last? Oh, it felt good while I was at church. Man, when I'm around those people, I just feel like God can do anything, but on Monday morning, we just fall apart. We just, we just crumble into a big... You ever wonder, well, how come I can't keep that? How, how, come I, how come that doesn't seem to last? That blessing doesn't seem to last. 
Or maybe it's just out of reach. I just, I get right there, but I just can't pull that trigger. In the 1960s, there was a researcher by the name of Edgar Dale. And he brought some statistics to us. They kind of blew my mind, although I believe them. I'm just going to break it down real simply here. People remember approximately 10% of what they read. 10% of what they read. 20% of what they hear. 30% of what they see. 50% of what they see and hear combined together. 70% of what they say and write. But they remember 90% of what they do. The blessing is attained in the doing state because that's where the change takes place. That's where some things are established. What did, what did the Bible say? He said, I want to establish you. I want to establish you. The Bible talks about the houses that were built, one on a good foundation and one on, on, on sinking sand. It doesn't say anything about the materials being any different. They could have been the exact same home built on the exact same material. But one, the difference in one standing and one falling was one was established well. And we'll come and we'll listen to the word of God and we'll take about 10% of it home. Why don't you start eating 10% of what you typically eat for a meal and see how, see how, uh, how that satisfies you. Why don't you go home tonight and only sleep 10% of what you normally sleep in a given night and see how, how well you do for very long with that? Why don't you send your debtors 10% of what you owe them on your next bill and see how long that lasts? You see, we don't get very far if we only, if we only retain 10%. We don't get very far. 20%, that's better. That's watching. That's watching what other people do. You can get along a little bit better. But it's when we begin to apply God's word to our life, when I begin to walk holy, when I begin to talk holy, when I begin to take what I've learned and listen to, what I've watched and what I've observed other successful people do, and I say, I can do that with the help of God. I can walk in the presence of God. I can have God's spirit move in me and I allow him to do it inside of me. That's where the 90% kicks in. That's where the change takes place and that's where the blessings are established that can last you a lifetime. Mm -hmm. God said the blessings will overtake thee. He said, you won't be able to keep them from rolling in. You won't be able to outrun them. You won't be able to sidestep them. But that in doing what God asks us to do, he will heap them upon you in such a way that they will overtake you. You ever had just one of those great days? I was like, man, I must be living right today. You got to... 
we got a check in the mail about a week and a half ago. Our escrow, we'd overpaid in our escrow. And that has never happened. I mean, it's always like a uh, starting next month, your your house payment's going to go up twenty five more dollars because you're short here and there's not enough money. In. No, it was like four hundred dollars. Thank you very much. <laughs> that goes a long way in my family. Four hundred dollars, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just a good day. The sun was shining. I was getting stuff in the mail that was good news. People were calling. They weren't calling about problems. They were calling to say, hey, you won't believe what just, it was just one of those days that I felt like, hey, God, the blessings of God are just overtaking me. I haven't even prayed about this, and these things are happening. I didn't even realize that, that this was going to take place, and, and, but God's blessings were just overtaking me on that day. And that's what the promises of God are all about. When we began to put his, uh, his word into motion, he says, I'm going to bless you so much that you're not going to be able to contain the blessing. I'm going to bless you when you're not even asking for blessings. I'm going to be with there when you don't expect me to be there for you. I'm going to give you things that overtake you. You're not going to be able to outrun them. There are going to be so many. I've watched as some from this church have struggled initially with some things because early on you don't understand what God is trying to do. You know, and sometimes we look at things as a sacrifice. But the longer that I've lived for God, I've begun to learn and understand that when the word is put into practice, as I've watched you listen, observe, and then obey, God has poured out blessings into your families that you would have never received had you refused to do what he asked of you. I've watched tough decisions made by people that were going through difficult times. Knowing what they were making with what I would have perceived or the world would have perceived possibly as a sacrifice. But what the world sees as a sacrifice, the godly see as an investment. How come you dress modestly? How come we don't talk foul? How come we try to live a life of holiness and godliness and Righteousness, isn't that hard? <laughs> Not nearly as hard as living a worldly lifestyle. I love what the Word says. He said it doesn't matter if you're living in the city or you're out on the backside of the hill somewhere. It doesn't matter if you're a farmer or a storekeeper. Doesn't matter if you're the buyer or the seller. He said, if you're one of mine, I'm going to bless you. What our music come today? One of my favorite characters of the Bible is Joseph. The reason I love Joseph and his story so much is I see a steadfastness that I admire. 
see a man that refused to bow. I see a man that was lied upon. I seen a man that was hated by those that were closest to him. I see a man that had it all and in a moment's time, through one lie, lost it all. And yet in everything that he did, he just kept on doing what was right. He never stopped praying. He never stopped being a vessel that God could use, whether he was in Potiphar's house, having charge over everything, or he was down in the dungeon interpreting dreams. He said, God, if you'll use me, use me wherever I'm at. And you'll go through this life and there may be times when you feel like you can't get any better than this. And God is using you and you feel like you're living the life of Joseph when he's in Potiphar's house and everything is under your command and you got charge over everything. But don't stop doing what is right if everything changes and falls apart. Because the same vessel that helped Egypt, that helped his own family, that helped the Hebrews from starvation. The same person that made those decisions was the same person that was in the jail cell. God will elevate you and God will bless you. But you may, you may at times not understand why he's blessing you and using you where you're at. There may be times when you want to throw in the towel and say, God, this was great when, when you had me in control of everything. I felt like I was your man. But what happens when everything turns on a dime of no fault of your own and you find yourself contained in a dark place? Will you stop doing? Will you stop listening? Will you stop looking? Will you stop doing? Three steps to success. Joseph just keeps on humming his tune. Paul and Silas. Man, when they preached out on the square, they sure fired it up. There's an entourage, possibly people that are listening, lives being changed. Not quite so easy to be cheerful way down there in that prison cell all locked up in stocks. But they just kept on doing. They listened and heard too much. They'd observed and saw too much to let their outward circumstance stop what God wanted to do with them. Would you stand with me this morning? There's a work that needs to be done in this city. God has chosen this church to do this work.
you are this church. This building could be vacant. This building is not the church. This building houses the church. He said, I'll bless the fields, I'll bless the flocks, I'll bless the store and the basket. But the first thing that he said was he would bless your body. I find it amazing how the devil can cause so many people to get sick in this church. Been there myself. Sometimes it's just we're human. But I believe that there are spiritual attacks sometimes. I believe that we have a bullseye upon us right now. I believe that the adversary would love nothing more to, than to destroy what God is trying to do to get us to stop. Because we're about ready to do something, folks. <laughs> something that we've never done. done preaching here today but here's what I want to do I'd like for the ministry to come I'd like for you to come and line up and face the congregation here if you would all of our ministers would you would you come and I want those of you that you've listened and you've observed now you'd like to just take a step of faith and move forward. You want to be used by God. You want the courage. I get it. It's a commitment. But anything worth having is worth committing to. I promise you, God already showed how committed he was to you when he gave his life for you. I wonder this morning, if there are those that have needs, you, you need a prayer over your body, over your finances. You've got somebody you're trying to reach. You just feel a little bit cold in your spirit. It really doesn't matter what your need is. We're just going to say short prayers here for you today. But you're going to have to walk up here. You're going to have to make the move. You've heard the word of the Lord today. The rest is now in your hands. We have great ministry in this church, wonderful men of God. But if you need something from the Lord today, I want you to begin, as they begin to sing right now, I want you to begin to make your way up here. Stand before one of these ministers and let them lay the hands upon your forehead and Say a prayer over your need. If you feel the need to let them know what you have need of, just let them know. I want the Lord to move in this place. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.